Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Wednesday, May the 12th, and the 10 game featured slate over on DraftKings for baseball. We were talking baseball, as we always do on this show. Just want to make sure you guys knew. Didn't want anyone coming here looking for, I don't know, what's happening right now aside from baseball. Playoff hockey? Is that happening? I don't know. Anyway, usually we would start the show by me talking about a couple prize picks I like for Wednesday's slate. Unfortunately, as of filming this, uh, lines for tomorrow's slate, Wednesday's slate, haven't been posted yet. So what we're going to do is look out on the Mayo Media Network Twitter account. I will post the picks I like for Wednesday's slate there. In the meantime, still head on over to prizepicks.com. Use the promo code MMN. MLB and get your first deposit matched up to $100. A lot of fun to be had over at Prize Picks doing these player props and single stat props. All right, let's get into that 10 game slate over on DraftKings. It's a really interesting pitching slate. And I say that in the sense that it's not just interesting and enticing top end starting pitching, although we do have that. It's deep, it's a really deep slate. Uh, When you have a 10-game slate and two of the five least expensive pitchers are Dallas Keuchel and Max Freed, that's a pretty good slate. Uh, I know those guys haven't exactly lit the world on fire as DFS options so far this season, but again, that's who the algorithm spat out as two of the worst pitchers on this slate. Um, still, it's not a lot of pitchers that jump off the page as viable DFS options. Some good real-life pitchers, but pitchers that you don't necessarily equate to guys you have to get into a lineup. So we'll get into that in just a second, but let us start with a couple of the top-flight guys who you do want to get into a lineup. And we have to talk about Garrett Cole. I, I understand that you don't need me to tell you that Garrett Cole is a good play, on any day that ends in Y, but he's $10,500. He's the top-priced arm on Wednesday, and this is a matchup that is much better. It it suits him much better than his last outing, which was against the Astros. Not to say he pitched poorly in that game, but the Astros just don't strike out. And even Garrett Cole, even the guy who's had the highest qualified strikeout rate in baseball, couldn't strike out the Astros. Only had four strikeouts in that start that's not going to happen if he pitches as deep into a game as he did last week against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay actually has the third highest strikeout rate in baseball at 27.3%. You'll remember they also had the highest strikeout rate in baseball last season with a very similar roster. So this is not a flash in the pan. This is not just the first six weeks of the season. Offenses are getting warmed up, blah, 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 blah. The Rays strike out. That's what they do. So Garrett Cole, who struck out double-digit Tampa Bay Rays the last time he faced them in 2021, should be in a really nice spot here. And again, this is someone who comes into this game with a 1.29 FIP across 44 and two-thirds innings. He's really, really good. And I honestly think anytime Garrett Cole isn't $11,000, he's viable. And he's sometimes viable when he is $11,000. But until he's priced up to his standard of production... 
I think you just have to keep rolling with him. Now, you can't afford to put him in every lineup, and I understand that, but a guy who's a little bit cheaper than Cole, who I do think you could build some lineups around, is Julio Urias for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He is going up against Seattle. Now, this is the last time, reportedly, that we will be able to stream a pitcher against Seattle or a Seattle team that does not have Jared Kelenic. Which, you know, pretty important. I know he's just a rookie, but this is one of the best hitting prospects we've seen in a couple years. So people are very excited about Kelenic. He's going to be up, reportedly, on Thursday, which is not Wednesday. So we are still getting a, you know, lesser version of the Mariners' offense. And I think it's one you can really take advantage of. As we saw with John Means, another left-handed pitcher, Seattle is very susceptible to the strikeout when it comes to southpaws. They actually have a 29.2% strikeout rate against left-handed pitchers so far this season. That is the fourth highest mark within the split. Uh, And Urias has just been really good this season. Uh, He doesn't even really need to be someone who you're like, oh, the matchup has to be good. No, Urias is just good. He's finally kind of flicked that switch, turned that corner that we thought this guy could have done maybe two or three years ago. I mean, it's surprising that this is Urias' sixth season in the majors. Doesn't seem like that long ago that he was coming up as a very hyped and touted prospect, but 7.67 strikeout to walk ratio so far this season among qualified pitchers. That is seventh in all of baseball, a 30.4% hard hit rate. So again, hard hit rate is what percentage of batted ball events are coming off the bat above 95 miles per hour. Only 30.4% for Urias. It's the fifth lowest qualified mark in all of baseball, so does a really good job of mitigating opponent hard contact. His whip is below one, and his 31.9% called plus swinging strike rate is 10th in all of baseball. And he's been using his curveball a lot more. He was never someone who was like a big strikeout guy, so you kind of need a tangible reason why he started to get more swings and misses, aside from just everyone in baseball is getting more swings and misses, aside from like, I don't know, I guess if we're being if we're being honest, there's a couple guys like Boyd isn't getting more swings and misses, but it's an environment right now with a lot of swings and misses. But he's using his curveball more. He's generating more swings and misses with that breaking pitch, and that's really helped him uh, across the board. It's filtered across everything he's done so far. So Urias at eight thousand seven hundred dollars against a Seattle team that's proven time and time again that it cannot hit left-handed pitching. A Seattle team that has slowed down considerably offensively uh, since the first two weeks of the season. Uh, I think this is a really good matchup for Urias. He might actually be dollar for dollar my favorite pitcher on Wednesday's slate. So like I was talking about, when it comes to stacking options, this isn't a slate that has a lot of obvious stacking opportunities because you do have guys like Hyunjin Ryu, Ryan Yarborough, uh, Gantz, Keuchel, a bunch of the guys I've already listed who you don't look at and say, hey, that's a high strikeout pitcher, that's someone I want to target in DFS, but it's also not a guy you want to stack against. I don't want to stack against Hyunjin Ryu, especially with an Atlanta team that hasn't proven it can hit left-handed pitching so far this season. So I think the two two pitchers that, for me, are, are, are carrying pretty big red flags into Wednesday's slate are two left-handed pitchers. We've got John Lester going up against the Phillies. Uh, Lester's only had two starts so far this season. He's survived them. Like, he hasn't pitched poorly. Um, but his average fastball velocity is down to now 88.7 miles per hour. Um, I don't want to say this is like a Madison Bumgarner trajectory, because Lester's actually much older. But 
it's clear that he doesn't have the same level of stuff he had even three or four years ago, and I think that's going to catch up to him at some point. Uh, 90% zone contact rate as well through those first two starts. So these are some areas you look at and say, hey, the numbers haven't been bad so far, uh, but they might get worse in the very immediate future. And this is a bad matchup for a left-handed pitcher, especially a soft-tossing left-handed pitcher who hasn't generated a lot of swings and misses so far this season because that's the only way to get out some of these Phillies right-handed bats. Philadelphia strikes out a ton against left-handed pitching so far this season, but when they make contact, boy, they make contact. Uh, here are just some of the best bats in their lineup in the WRC Plus they are bringing to the table against lefties so far in 2021. Uh, Reese Hoskins, who is $4,100, has a 194 WRC Plus within the split. Andrew McCutcheon, $4,000, 175 WRC Plus. JT Real Muto, uh, the most expensive guy, 5.1K, aside from Harper, that is. Um, but Real Muto, 147 WRC Plus against lefties so far this season. Gene Segura, just back off the IL, 4,200. He is a 144 WRC Plus against left-handed pitching. And then Alec Baum, 3,100. Big value on this slate. Has a 139 WRC Plus against left-handed pitching. And again, this isn't small sample size noise. These are players, aside from Baum, who have a long track record of hitting left-handed pitching. Uh, in particular, Gene Segura has hit lefties very well throughout the course of his career. And Baum is just a powerful right-handed bat who's $3,100 and should be hitting sixth in this lineup uh, on Wednesday. So I think it's a it's a stack that is very digestible when it comes to price point. And again, I just don't think John Lester has it anymore. Uh, so I am more than willing to stack some of these Phillies against Lester. Uh, the other lefty, a guy who is older and just doesn't maybe have it anymore. Jay Happ is going to the mound for the Twins against the White Sox. Uh, we kind of dealt with this in a video last week. The White Sox, even though they've lost Luis Robert, even though they've lost some of their big, big-name players, they have still, still crushed left-handed pitching in 2021, just like they did in 2020. Uh, the numbers as a team are amazing, but again, let's go through some individual player matchups here. Uh, Tim Anderson, 5,300, consistently has hit left-handed pitching well uh, across his career. Actually hasn't done it that well in 2021, but he's done it so well in 2019 and 2020. Uh, I think that matters more. Yasmani Grandal, the switch hitter, he's 4,800, went deep on uh, Tuesday's slate, so it seems like his bat is coming around. Uh, Jose Abreu, who has always hit lefties well, he's 4,800. Uh, Mercedes, 4,300. His numbers against lefties this year are stupefying. Um, big power bat, obviously, and 4,300, pretty affordable price uh, for a guy like that. You've even got, like, Nick Collins has hit lefties well. Nick Madrigal has hit lefties really well. The one guy to really focus on when it comes to value, Andrew Vaughn, who has definitely hit better after a slow start to the season. Uh, Vaughn actually has a 195 WRC plus against left-handed pitching in 2021. He is $2,500. Now, some of these guys play the same position, so you'll have to make some tough choices when it comes to this stack. But uh, there's the high price guys and there's the low price guys. There's a bunch of different ways you can go with this stack, which makes it really malleable. It makes it really, really good for tomorrow's slate. And again, Hap might come into this start with a 191 ERA, but his XFIP is 5.39. He's got a 6.8% swinging strike rate, which if he had the innings to qualify would be the lowest mark in all of baseball and a 90 or excuse me, 89% zone contact rate so far this season. So again, 
a left-handed pitcher who is striking out just no one so far in 2021 um, going up against a lineup that has crushed left-handed pitching. I really like that White Sox stack. And actually, let's roll that White Sox stack into our best bets segment because it is plus 110 on the DraftKings Sportsbook for the White Sox to score more than four and a half runs on Wednesday. That team total is four and a half. And here are those team stats for the White Sox. They come into, or at least they came into Tuesday's slate with the best batting average in baseball against left-handed pitching at 295, a 137 WRC plus as a team against left-handed pitching. That is by far the best mark in baseball. And their 362 WOBA within the split is the second best mark in all of baseball. So I'm just all about the White Sox. The last time we did a White Sox team total, last week against the Royals, uh, it hit in the first inning. They then proceeded to not score another run the rest of the game, but that doesn't matter. They hit the mark, and they stopped scoring when they had to. So let's go back to that well. It was really good to us last week. Uh, Very easy, no-sweat bet, and hopefully we have that again. Second bet I want to talk about, uh, Philadelphia. So we're going to stick with those two big stacks here. Philadelphia on the money line. Uh, They are minus 150, so a pretty sizable road favorite, but I'm okay with that. Uh, Washington is reeling right now. Uh, They're actually one in five their last six games as a home underdog, while the Phillies are six and two in their last eight games overall. They've got the bats to do some damage against a left-handed pitcher. And also, they have Zach Wheeler going to the mound, who is coming off a marvelous start his last time out, has a 3.00 expected ERA so far this season. So Wheeler's really good. This offense has the potential to be amazing against a left-handed pitcher, and I just don't trust John Lester. So Phillies money line, minus 150. Chicago, four and a half runs over that team total at plus 110. Really like the plus money on that bet. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network presented by Prize Picks. I am Gary and Thorne. I will catch you guys next time. We'll be right back. 